Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with amazing rising artists. And we got another show for you today that is going to rock your socks off. We got the awesome Katrina Stone. Her music really does rock. She's on the pop side, but I just found out something interesting. She started in country. So, hey, that's a really cool thing. But, Katrina, are you here? Yes. Hi. Hey, Hi. Hi. Oh, hey, thanks for having me, you guys. That is, we, it's all, all of our pleasure. Um, yes, so it before is. We get, before we really get started and everything, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, um, and some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Okay, well, um, my name is Katrina Stone, obviously. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, grew up in Colorado, actually riding horses, barrel racing, all that. Um, really loved that life. Um, and actually, you know, I, I kind of fell into pop music, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I've always loved, loved country music, love, like obsessed with Garth Brooks. That's, I'm a, I'm a big fan girl outside of my normal, you know, circle. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Garth Brooks mm-hmm. fan girl. I have been for about 20 years. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. So, and I homeschool, um, me and my husband homeschool our daughter. And we lead a pretty normal life, really. In LA. We homeschool our eight year old. Yes, we do. I love that. Do you guys love it? Oh, yeah. oh we and, do, yes. And, yes, awesome watching the, him learn and grow. And mm. it gives us the flexibility mm-hmm. and all that, so. Yes, absolutely. That's what I love about it, too. You know, one thing yeah. I've noticed about a lot of the up and coming artists that we interview. A lot of them were homeschooled. That's interesting. See, and I wasn't, and I, I do wish that I was. Because, <laughs> again, you know, a lot of ones were, are, you know, a lot of them that we're interviewing, you know, have come up at 14, 15, 16, is, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it. So once they realize they actually have a chance, their parents mm-hmm. pull them out of school and say, okay, let's just build school around your career. Yeah. Yeah, well, it takes a lot less time too, when you're focusing on one kid. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, that's I'm right. not sitting there for nine hours a day trying to <laughs> be a teacher. <laughs> I mean, she gets through that curriculum so fast. <laughs> well, that's good. It's great. <laughs> we travel a lot. So that's what I love about yeah. it is, you know, we get to travel and all that. That is cool. So um, before we get really in deep into anything, what's something quirky about you that people would find interesting? Ooh, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of weird kind of manual labor jobs. I, my first job was laying sod. (laughs) I was a teenager and I used to throw the dead ducks off the side of a hill and then fire blanks out of a 12 gauge to help train hunting dogs. (laughs) I mean, it was the worst jobs I can drive like that kind of stuff. (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) <laughs> that is really cool. So at what age did you say, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life? Oh, you know, it was about about 15. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I just realized that was the only thing I was like really good at. I had kind of been okay at a few things. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get pushed in the normal directions of like, well, you could always teach and you could do this. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I want to be on stage, you know. And so I went to college and did all of that, and um, 
hated being in the music program, so I got my mm-hmm. degree in sociology just to get out quickly. I was done just, you know, a few months before I had gotten married and just a few months after turning 21, I was done um, just to kind of make my folks happy, honestly. But then it wasn't until I got married that I was like, okay, I can take this seriously. Um, I have this person who wants to support me, who wants to be married to a musician. And Mm -hmm. I can really do it. Yeah, so I'm a little bit of, maybe you could say I'm a late bloomer in that regard (laughs) because I I didn't necessarily have the support system when I was a teenager to pursue this. Mm -hmm. And that's something we've noticed, too, as we interview different people. Some people have that. Some people don't. Um, it's, it's almost like, oh, you want to do music. Well, you need a career. And yeah. I get so frustrated <laughs> when I hear people say that because, you know, I, I remember I seen a meme, I guess, about a year ago or six months ago, and it talked about, it talked about this issue. It says, okay, let's take, a, let's take music out of everything. And then see what kind of world we live in. And it was powerful because every part from TV to film to um, social media, everything. There's, there's not one thing that music has not integrated into. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's in your car. When you get in your car, it's like it's such a huge part of our day. It is, I mean, yes. It's in all parts of our lives. Pretty much, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm glad you're following your passion. And here's why: I've got friends of mine that went to college, did the whole thing, end up being nurses, doctors, lawyers, and all that. Who are say 15 years into the career, and you sit down with some of them. Not all of them, of course. There's some that that's their passion, but there's some that you sit down with, and they're like, I'm just not happy with where I'm. I'm like, you're making. All this money, you live in a nice house, you've got an awesome family. What do you mean you're not happy? And they're like, well, I never wanted to go this route. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't want to go this route? They're like, well, my parents wanted me to be this, so I said okay. So, I, so here it is. They're 15 years in their career. They're, they're now drinking heavily. They're now mm-hmm. almost destroying their marriage, their family, all because their parents wanted them to be the doctor the lawyer yeah it messes with your identity I mean if you if you don't really go with even at some point even as a hobby if you just completely block that stuff out of your life mm-hmm. it it comes back around and, and you're, you're not really cool. living when, when, when you talk about the hobby thing I, I love uh, love where that just went because we interviewed Allison Steele of two still girls back in 2014 and mm. And we were talking about what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. And she was full-time at this time with music. And she said, I'll tell you what, what I'm about to say is going to sound funny coming from a full-time artist. But if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of this, then go do that. Don't do, just do music as a hobby. She goes, because you mm-hmm. have to sacrifice and give so much to this if you ever want to be on top, that it's going to destroy you if you're not all in. Yeah, 100%. And, that is so and true. That, and that's what I've been noticing with people that we've been interviewing. I mean, it's like, um, I, you know, I hear stories on, like, with many of the different big artists, and, and they're always asked, 
you know, what, what was your backup plan if you didn't make it? And they would always say, well, what do you mean backup plan? I didn't have backup plan. This was mm-hmm. it. Yep. This was it. <laughs> yep. And, and, and the hosts are always taken aback, you know, but they, but, but they don't realize when you're in a creative type um, industry, that's what it takes. Yeah. You have to stand behind your work and know that <laughs> there's an audience for it somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. You know, I honestly, the... I tried. <laughs> see, <laughs> and it's funny because you, you say you tried. You know, we actually launched um, New Country Buzz and all that back in 2014, but we shut it down in 2015. But one cool thing we did do before we shut down is we actually interviewed Kelsey Ballerini before she made it big, which is really cool. You know, I still love being able to say that. Um, but she um, – but since 2015 to 2018, there was like a hole in me. It was like because I wasn't this big music person. Sa- Sandy kind of brainwashed me. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I I was just not this big. I liked music, but I didn't love music. And she mm. loved music to the extreme. Oh um, yeah, always has. And, and, <laughs> and being married 17 years, I guess that kind of rubs off on you eventually. And um, but mm-hmm. I fell in love with the whole music thing and fell in love with a lot of the artists we've been that we've met. And it was like a void in me when we shut it down. So by the end of 2018, mm-hmm. I told Sandy, I was like, you know, I think we need to relaunch and finish what we started. Mm-hmm. And she was like, let's do it. Let's 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 go for it. Mm-hmm. So again, like you said, with music, if you leave it and it's really in you, you're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. I thought it would kind of go away when I had my daughter, and uh, I was like, okay, this is what normal people do. They have kids and they uh, they live normal lives now. No more touring, you know. <laughs> and I, I gave her a good solid couple of months, but man, by the time she was five months old, I was on the warp tour. Oh, like <laughs> she was wow. on the phones, you know, listening yeah. to rock and roll bands. So it was, mm-hmm. You know, I just I couldn't get away from it. I really couldn't. Yeah. So how is the balancing with with your husband on it since he's one hundred percent behind you? Well, you know, it's it's been an interesting, I would say, decade at this point. So we've we'll be, have been married fifteen years this year. Oh wow! And the first ten of it, he worked as a restaurant manager, which is a really difficult job. <laughs> and it, oh, was, yes. I was making music in the off time, you know, like, and his off time was a very little piece of time. So yeah. um, when we moved out to Los Angeles, within a year, I had worked and mommed and everything to the extreme. And within a year, I was making what he was making. Um, oh, just wow. not with touring, but with getting my music into commercials and into TV mm-hmm. shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we kind of decided, you know what, if I can double this, oh, wow. like maybe you quit and you actually pursue something that you are really excited about and not just, I pick this job because mm-hmm. I'm good at it, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he's great at anything he does because he's such a hard worker, mm-hmm. but he was never really given the chance to explore what he wanted to yeah. do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, within another year, I doubled it and he quit. Mm-hmm. And so we both work from home. He helps me manage the catalog. I have so many. I songs love that. And, you know, so we're just I, home and homeschooling. 
<laughs> you know, you just touched my heart because I love that story. Because my wife and I, we've been a 24-7 couple since, basically since day one. I mean, yeah, there have been a few times yeah. apart, but for the most part, 24-7 couple for 17 years. And mo- a lot of people don't understand that. But we work together and all that, but I can't imagine that being any other way. I think that if people could find a way to build a passion into their marriage and work mm-hmm. through it together – it would be a game changer for most marriage. Now, I know people will argue with me and say, no, that it wouldn't work for my marriage. There's no, I can't be around my husband working. But I think that they don't understand. And I love that y'all are making that work because that's powerful. It's going to be powerful um, for your, for your child too. Yeah. And I think it really has been. And we get to obviously spend a lot more time with her and what he has discovered is he is really passionate about being a father to her. <laughs> and so he loves, like, you know, taking her to exciting places in Los Angeles for field trips and mm-hmm. doing a oh, lot wow. of these projects. And, and so we're mm-hmm. home just a lot figuring this stuff mm-hmm. out. But the thing is the the work of the music never really gets in the way because we're both behind it. So it's never there's never a bitterness of, like, your stupid job, blah, blah, blah. It's like, this yeah, is yeah. our stupid job, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, that, that is really cool. So at this point in your career and your movement that you're making, what drives you? You know, it's, it's interesting because I've, I've had my success quietly. A lot of people, I'd say most people don't know who I am. I bet they've heard my songs <laughs> at some point, mm-hmm. but and I, you know, we're getting to this really great place, you know, financially where we're stable, even in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, which is so expensive. We're like trying to figure this stuff out. And now I just want to make um, something that really resonates with me. I don't want to think about yeah. an ad campaign or what's happening in TV music right now. And so I'm just really mm-hmm. excited about I'm I'm fully writing, producing, playing everything on my next oh, wow. record. I'm mixing it. I'm doing all of it um just because it's i'm one of the three percent of audio engineers that are female so you know you i know thought it would be really cool one. to do that oh yeah um just one of blazer. the few of us <laughs> well, sorry what was her name justine blazer wow is she from your neck of the woods she's, or she's out yeah she's out of nashville but okay she's, but but basically, what her story is why she got into producing and engine and all that side of it was she said she got tired of going into studios and because they're all ran by men, men saying okay I'll do this but you got to do something for me. Oh yes. She said she said that <laughs> happens more than people realize, and she goes I just got yeah. fed of it. I decided I'm going to build a I'm going to do what they do, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to just have all the females come to me. Yeah, and then they they don't feel uncomfortable, and they're not getting asked for all sorts of crazy things. I mean, you'd be surprised how forward some of these men are. (laughs) Yeah, we've heard some crazy stories about all that. We have. That's a scary thought. It's it's scary, yeah, and and it's particularly hard. You know, obviously I'm an artist first, and I picked this Mm -hmm. stuff up so that I could, you know, do more for myself. But if you walk into a studio, they assume – you're an artist, you know, and so you really have mm-hmm. to prove yourself as a sound engineer. Like 
and it's it's tough. They really critique what you have to do, um, especially here versus Nashville. There's a lot of people that just, you know, just talk themselves up and can't do a dang thing. They really can't do anything. It's all flash. Um, mm-hmm. But they sort of say, yeah, I, I can totally do that, and then assume they'll figure it out. Whereas in Nashville, it's like, Usually the person's like, oh, yeah, I could give it a shot. They're incredible, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's very different here. So you really have to kind of prove yourself. Well, um, you know, um, one thing I like to talk about, too, is um, we always hit both sides of the good and the bad. And what, when you look back at through your career right now, what's some mm-hmm. of the moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I've had I've had some really interesting ones. Um, I got to do a summer on the Warped Tour, and it was a few years before the Warped Tour shut down. And I'm not a rock singer, but mm-hmm. I stepped in for a band that lost their lead singer. And it was not a famous band, but it was such a fun tour. And I got to hang out with a lot of really seasoned rockers mm-hmm. that were the kindest, like, <laughs> like very – sweet, knowledgeable, wise. They've been through the mm-hmm. ringer, you know. And so I love, you know, those, those memories. A few years ago, um, this was a weird one because <laughs> I had to really think about whether or not I wanted to do it. But mm-hmm. um, I got to sing it on New Year's Eve at the Playboy Mansion right before they shut that down too. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was a weird one, <laughs> that party for sure. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, it's it's kind of common to me, but then when I tell these stories, people are like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> one of the guys from Rascal Flats was there and got to hear me mm. sing. You know, like, that was really cool. And um, I'm trying to think of, I did this competition a few years back. Actually, it was right after I got married called, called Gospel Dream, and mm. it was like a Christian American Idol only it was more gospel. Honestly, like I did not quite fit in. I did Southern gospel. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's about as far wow. as I could get into it. Um, mm-hmm. But that was fun. I mm-hmm. made the semifinals and I made the finals and I was flown out. Um, the 10 of us were flown out to do this big taping before this Kirk Franklin concert. And it was mm-hmm. really just like that star studded experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. But you know, there's, there's also those, like I drove around the country a few um, a few years ago and toured and got to bring my daughter with me, you know, like me and oh, my yeah. husband mm-hmm. and a good friend of mine. We, like, those mean just as much to me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's what really, that was the, the dream, honestly. So well, travel yeah, together, really make music, and make money. Yeah, and, like, be together as a family. Like, yep. keep, keep it together, mm-hmm. you know. Because in this yeah. day and time, many artists, they go separate ways. And, yeah. you know, as an artist, your schedule is going to get crazy. And if, you're, and if you don't work together, you're going to never see your spouse. And I don't know about you, but I married my wife so I could spend time with her and <laughs> not <Yeah>. be apart. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't right. really work out when you don't spend time together. It's like, it's like a friendship. It's like everything else if, you don't, if you're not there. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know. I wanted to make sure that we were together no matter what happened. Like, I just didn't, you know, I don't want music to, like, affect relationships. Yeah. You know, and 
He was, I think it can actually he was your rider guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And Jetta, my daughter, loves overnight car trips now. She loves sleeping in the car. Like mm-hmm. oh, wow. tonight, we don't mm-hmm. we don't really love yeah. that. But she's like, Do I get to sleep in the car tonight while you guys are driving? And we're like, Yeah <laughs> you know. Oh awesome. <laughs> very flexible. <laughs> Although we don't travel a lot. We we go we we live in Savannah, Georgia and we um uh, but we go to Charleston a lot and Jacksonville a lot. Basically mm-hmm. we try to go there two or three times a month at like a day trip because it's only two hours away. And our eight year old little son he loves going. He just loves those trips. It's he does. Yes. It's so special because like you know it. you're going somewhere. You know, it's like mm. we're doing something different, and I'm going with my yeah. parents. Yeah. You know, oh, I love that. <laughs> now that we hit the highs, we're going to go to the low side of things. Oh. But the first, but the first thing I want to hit is the issue why I think your PR person reached out to me. Um, a concerning that I didn't know have existed, the whole scamming of the streaming service. Tell us about that since you were part of that. Okay, yeah, this is definitely a low because um, it's a repetitive theme in my career. So basically I had a fan reach out to me on Instagram and said, I just heard your songs on Spotify, but they were not under your name. They were under this mm-hmm. other name. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. I knew this was going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm because I saw this hole in the system a few years ago. When I mm-hmm. saw how easy it was for me to upload my music, I was like, I could upload anyone's music, you know? And so that's what mm-hmm. happened. Somebody took 26 of my songs, uploaded wow. them under a fake name, fake cover, and I kind of thought it was just an anomaly at first. You know, I, I reached out to Spotify, and they wouldn't really help me. They wanted me to file a claim for every song. And then basically wow. every streaming service said that. So it would have been hundreds of claims because um, mm-hmm. it was everywhere. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to track this wow. down to who distributed this. And it mm-hmm. was DistroKid. And I figured it out through YouTube and everything. And then I thought, okay, so I'm, I'm going to get them to take it down. And, and they were really great about it. I thought, I can't be the only one. So I went onto this fake artist page and yeah. then I looked at the similar artists, and I kid you not, mm-hmm. we all had the same amount of streams, and we were uploaded on the same day in June of oh, last wow. year. And so wow. I was able to track down a bunch. And then I get this email from the guy at Saving Country Music, and he was like, did you know that you're a part of this? And I was like, yes, oh, my gosh, thank you for <laughs> looking into this, too. Like, I was going to track down these artists and tell them, and you know. And it was so easy to figure out mm-hmm. who the real artists were. I just used Shazam oh, on my wow. phone. And anyway, I'm like, you know what? I I would bet money right now that my songs are up there on Spotify again and that they just <laughs> changed the titles this time and I won't be able to find them. Um, yeah. Because I got it yeah. down pretty quick. But it was very frustrating. And, um, you know, there's such a huge hole in the system where – Anyone, you, you could take my music. If you had some MP3s, you could rip it off of YouTube. And you could upload mm-hmm. it today, and it would be on Spotify in a couple of days. That's how huge the hole is here. You could what say you if anyone done about it? You know? Well, I mean, there's, there's so many things that could be done. Uh, Apple, Apple actually owns 
Shazam. They could screen mm-hmm. every wave file mm-hmm. that comes in, you know, and just say, oh, this is already in our system. Or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. a more comprehensive submission process. You know, like, I know they want to get that stuff up there quick in 48 hours or whatever, mm-hmm. but there was a human on the other end that actually listened to it and mm-hmm. or some sort of algorithm that screened and said, this is already in our system. Hmm. You know, because they, yeah. they have the technology in place is what I'm saying. Because yeah, with AI and all yeah. that, what AI can do, there's no reason AI can't scan songs. Yeah. They're already doing it to put together your suggested playlists. Um, YouTube That's is already true. doing it to catch people um, who upload music to their videos who haven't licensed them. They're already doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's like, do we go after the streaming companies? Do we go after the distributors? I just don't know. And they're yeah. all big fish, you know. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah. So what are some other things that you've experienced through chasing this crazy dream? Well, um, unfortunately, I feel like I've seen the bad side of the, the gender issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Um, so is it as bad as country in the pop world, too? Um, you know, I feel like people are a little more accepting that that a female in the pop world is a moneymaker. I mean, mm-hmm. the country music world mm-hmm. is... The worst. It is the worst. It gets me so worked up because I'm like, play those women, play them. You know, yeah. Yeah. So it's not as bad as that, but they definitely want you in the pop world to be this mm-hmm. sex symbol. Um, mm-hmm. And they will just yeah. outright tell you what is wrong with you from a physical standpoint. And they don't do that with men. Um, you know, I've, I've been in studios where, I've been, you know, asked for favors for various things. I, I was in a, a meeting with a publisher once. This is crazy. With a good friend of mine that I write a lot of music with, and he's the head of this huge publishing company. And we had been talking to them for a few weeks. And he's talking to my friend, talking to my friend, maybe 30 minutes. And he kind of looks over at me for a second and goes, so do you write, like, poetry or something? Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> So it's, it's like they they don't see value here necessarily beyond what you look like or your Instagram following. And it's it's unfortunate because, you know, I'm quietly making a really good living over here in, you know, my little <laughs> chunk of L.A. And, you know, and it's – I am a 35-year-old mother. Like, <laughs> and I'm not going to be Ariana Grande. But I just – you know, so it's – it's a couple of times made us think like, should we move to Nashville? And oh, wow. like, I feel like they value <laughs> the songwriters more um, a little bit there. It's not so much. We value the beat here, the yeah. track, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think it's really cool getting to hear the insides of Nashville versus LA. I'm, I'm <laughs> loving this. Yeah. Cause I make a few trips out to Nashville, um, <clears throat> you know, a couple times a year, I'll be out there in May. Um, and I, especially, I used to do Christian music. I really used to do mm-hmm. country music. Loved that. So it was a oh, tough wow. decision to pick where we were going to move. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Nashville's Christian country music hub, everything. Yeah. And now it's more of a pop hub. I know a lot of people that have moved out there from Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know. I just lot. learned something new. 
<laughs> big producers, big mix, uh, mixing, mastering guys are out there. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's becoming just an all-around, like music well-rounded city. music city. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm a big country music fan, but it's it's really cool to know because we're actually going to be moving later this year or the latest next year to Nashville. Um, so Ooh. it's really cool to know that it's more than country music. Even though, again, I'm a big music country music fan, but to see the city be more than just country music, so that that's pretty cool to know that it's becoming more. Oh yeah, you're getting a lot more collaborations between genres too. It's really <laughs> neat. So and yeah, of exciting. course I know that a lot of things don't like that, but I do. I like I love the, you know, the Dan and Shay and Justin Bieber one. That's mm-hmm. really great to me. That, to me, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, it is. Tap into an audience that you, you don't normally tap into. It's like, yes, I love that. Yeah, and then they really, had Marin Morris on a pop track, right? Um, yeah. So why don't you just meet that's right. me in the middle? That one. Yeah. Oh, yes, love that one. Yeah, so it's like we're getting crossovers on both sides. You know, it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And because, again, you know, we watched that whole eight-hour country music series, and um, and I remembered a theme in there that made me really realize the time that we're in. You know, you got all these people talking about we got to save country music and all that, and that country is going downhill, and there's no you can't play country anymore. And you know, of course, their heroes, which of course we like it all, um, and their heroes are of course like your Merrill Haggards, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. and all of them. But they, if they watched the country music thing, they were the enemies when they came out. Yeah, they, you I know, Mo and Johnny and all those, they were they were the outlaws. They were gonna, you know, oh, they're gonna change country music. We got to save mm-hmm. country music. So every generation has been saying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a pendulum that's gonna swing back and forth because yeah, go- you know that pop stuff is polarizing to a lot of people. Yeah. So then you're gonna. Having mm-hmm. more old country coming back, and it's it's going to be new to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and it goes back and forth. And again, and that's a good thing because again, if if country stayed what it was in the fifties, it would not work today. Mm-hmm. Just so yeah. it's good that it evolves every generation. I think it, I think that's good. Uh, again, I've got friends of mine that don't agree with that, but they also respect my opinion at least. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so as we um we're gonna take a small break and then we're gonna play your song Lucky Scars and then we're gonna talk about that when we come back. How's that sound? That sounds great. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. I have fallen, I have fallen further than I had before, but now I'm crawling, and I don't have the strength to get up off that floor, I'm giving it to it, I'm living in it, embracing all the pain, can't run from it, I can't numb it, I won't let it. Broken heart, falling like. 
What a powerful song. Oh, yes. Great (laughs) song. Thank you so So much. What inspired that song? Story behind it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I had met a friend, and I don't do a ton of co-writing anymore just because I've had so many bad experiences with it where – you know, anyone can say they're a co-writer now because they write thoughts down at some point, but they're very mm-hmm. few, like really talented writers. And so I was writing with a friend of mine and he was, he's kind of stuck in Hollywood at this time doing background vocal work. He sings background on the voice and he, mm-hmm. he really wants oh, to like wow. come out of his shell, you know, mm-hmm. and like really be an artist. And so I just, you know, I kind of psychoanalyzed him. It was more like a therapy session. And I was like, you know, you're really like thankful for your scars. You're thankful for what got you to this place, but you, you want to keep moving forward. And I was like, I immediately just thought, thank my lucky scars. That's it. Like it's such a fun play on words. Mm -hmm. And it's really what people Mm -hmm. feel when it's like, yeah, I'm thankful for these, this pain that got me here because I wouldn't have been here otherwise. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, And he is like really, turned stuff around since then and like he's still doing some background work he just sang at the academy Mm -hmm. awards um but he's releasing all these singles by himself he's really making a name for himself Mm -hmm. crazy vocalist and it was kind of this little catalyst that got him going so yeah that's the story behind that one pain i I hear many people and i see them on facebook which facebook snatched my personal profile way. I'm in like Facebook jail right now. I'm frustrated. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm st- st- so I'm sharing a <laughs> page with, with my wife right now until we can mm-hmm. somehow get that thing back. But I, but but I've always seen people on Facebook talk about, I wish so-and-so was not my baby daddy. And I'm always mm. like, if so-and-so wasn't your baby daddy, your baby you wouldn't have a baby. Yeah. It wouldn't be, I mean, yeah. like, if, if you had a baby with exist. somebody else, it wouldn't be this baby. No, um, true. And, and, and that's the part people forget is your past makes you who you are today. Mm-hmm. And because, yep. and you know, I see on Facebook where they always ask, if you could change anything from your past, what would you, what would you change? And and people always say I'm lying. They always say I wouldn't change it, th- even though I've been in and out of jail when I was in my early 20s. I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me um, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, first five years was hell for my wife because of those addictions of our marriage, but we made it through it and all that. But I would not change any of that because if if we ch- if I change any of my past, Sandy and I probably would never married. Yeah, you would change your whole future. I mean, As, that's a scary <laughs> prospect. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like the whole I remember the movie Butterfly Effect, where the person was able mm. to keep ch- change, go back and change their past, but then they didn't like the new future. And they kept yeah. going back and trying to change it, and it <laughs> kept making it worse. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You just have you have two ways to look at it. You can be yep. upset and bitter, or you can be grateful. And look and for thank your lucky scars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's right. So, um, what you know? How do we, you know, go going back to the sca- scammers? How do you identify the scammers itself? Because I mean, that's one thing I've noticed. I, we've been in so many different um, industries, 
I have never seen so many scammers in my life than in music. Mm-hmm. How does an artist um, overcome that? Well, it's difficult. I think it's a little easier, actually, for the listeners to spot them than yeah. for the artist to find their lost mm-hmm. work. So the, you can you can spot them pretty quick. Usually there's some sort of picture that doesn't have their face or it looks like stock photography. And then when you Google mm-hmm. them, you find nothing. And if you are listening mm-hmm. to an account that's got 26 songs on it, I mean, that's two and a half there records worth. There should be a Facebook account, you know, like some music page somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so just encouraging fans to become super fans, like looking into the songs they love. And, you know, like I've done a lot of interviews about my music over the last 10 or 15 years that just where I'm talking about various songs. So if you Google, mm-hmm. you know, even – on YouTube, if you start to type in Katrina Stone, you'll see like the titles of my songs come up afterwards yeah. because there's just a lot mm-hmm. out there. And if there's nothing else out there, it's like you know that you've been had. Then you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but the artist really can't. I mean, I I periodically will search for my weirder song titles because they didn't mm-hmm. change the song titles this last time, um, mm-hmm. and they were overseas somewhere. So there's no legal action that we can really take against wow. them because, you know, they're oh, not wow. the U.S. Yeah. But they estimated that they, um, from the 23 artists that they stole music from, this is a mm-hmm. ring, basically, mm-hmm. that they made six around $6,000 a month for seven months. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a heck of a ring. <laughs> Yeah, and knowing that many of these artists, many artists are starving artists. Mhm. That's crazy. Yeah. I know it really is and I mean I've been fortunate to where that it doesn't affect my income because Spotify is not an income maker for me as much. I mean maybe a few hundred bucks a month, but some of these artists depend on that few hundred bucks a month so yeah. much. Yeah. I mean it's it's you know they count on it and it's like all of a sudden they dip in their numbers because people are finding it elsewhere. Wow! So, wow! Wow! So, that's a shame. So, so as we shift gears here, um, if I got a two-part question for you, you've probably been asked many times the first part, but I, I would imagine you probably haven't been asked the second part. So, <laughs> the question is: is um, if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be, and what would y'all write about? Um, Garth Brooks. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I know he doesn't write as much. <laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's more open to accepting songs from songwriters, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. It is. But I would love to write with Garth Brooks. And, you know, I feel like it'd be really cool to write a song about, like, our kids, like, a song about being a parent. So it might yeah. be a country song. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not just a love song or a breakup song, but just like something that you can tell he prioritizes in his life because he's he stopped touring until his kids graduated, basically. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you know, one of my favorite stories, and, and what's funny is his, one of his main writers lived out here in Tybee Island, Georgia, like 30 miles from where we live. Um, really? But apparently from the story that I understand is a guy – was up on stage. I don't know if it was the Bluebird Cafe or one of the wings that, that was allowing songwriters to sing their their songs to pitch it out there. And 
this no-name person came up to him and says, you know what, I'm in town, I'm going to get signed. When I get signed, I want this song to be my first cut. And that was Garth Brooks, and that was The Dance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I he mean, knew what he can wanted. Can you imagine? That changed that man's life, and he had no idea. It oh, did. Yeah, that song built an empire. It really did. Oh, because from what I understand, I he was one of the main writers from songs for Garth through the years. Because, of course, they did it once. Mm-hmm. They can do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he, you know, he's not necessarily like, I need to get all of the writing credit on this. Because that's really where the money is right now. And mm-hmm. In music, all music, is you got to get your name on the writer's side of things. And you'll make a lot. <laughs> you know, and so, but he was... I remember as a middle schooler looking through the CD cases, reading the lyrics and seeing who, who wrote these songs and mm-hmm. realizing he did not write all of them, you know, but I, I just love, I love his perspective. I love his feel, like the way he plays acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, you know, just all sorts of things. I'm such a country nerd that he would just be my, <laughs> my dream, right? Yeah. You know, because yeah, he changed <laughs> country music. Yeah. There was there was no Garth before him, and there'll never be another Garth after him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really kind of transcended into. He stayed for the most part in country, and then he yep. could play in New York at Madison Square Garden and have all these oh, yeah. New Yorkers putting on country like cowboy hats <laughs> and like country clothes and stuff, and it's like, what is happening? You know. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's we wild. always get to the part when we get the last fifteen twenty minutes of a. Of the podcast, we always have our son. He he always loves to ask one question to artists. So he's gonna go to his mommy, and she's gonna let him on. <laughs> awesome. Okay. We always try to include. All right, him here in he is. This. this is Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Katrina. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh, I love sushi. I love pizza <laughs> and <laughs> waffle fries. <laughs> From Chick Fil A. <laughs> what's your favorite food, Lucas? Uh, yeah, what's your favorite? Pizza. Oh, it's a good one. We could get pizza together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? We interviewed um, Megan Woods earlier, and her favorite food was sushi. Really, oh, I love sushi. It's. <laughs> I just love seafood, and I think that's part of it. Is yes, I always okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh, oh he that. always loves that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's amazing. <laughs> well, she's, but, yeah, she said sushi because Sandy don't get to hear it because he's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I don't get to hear it. I put, put him on there. He, he always loves it. Actually, she said for sushi him. and pizza. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, I heard him say, oh, me too. <laughs> and pizza and waffle fries. Man, I just, you know what, I love carbs. It's hard. It's a hard life. <laughs> and, uh, I love all the carbs. Same here. Mm-hmm. So, Man. so if you had one song that would describe your life that you've lived so far, and it don't have to be, it could be your song, it could be someone else's song, it don't have to be in pop, it don't have to be in country, just one song that describes your life in your eyes. Oh my gosh. One song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. <laughs> you know, the one that I keep coming back to over and over for like, since I've been a music fan, people are going to get so sick of me talking about him, but mm. there's a song by Garth Brooks. <laughs> and it's the one, um, 
I think it's called The Change. And it's um, it's about, the chorus is, uh, I hear them saying that, oh gosh, I'm going to have to look at the lyrics now. But basically, the world is trying to change me. Mm-hmm. And I, this is ridiculous. I'm going to look up the lyrics. It's so poetic, and I can't even tell you if he wrote it. Um, <laughs> and you know, that's the tough part about being an artist. Because you've got this ideal that you're going to go this way. But if you're about to get signed with a label, they have this idea you're going that way. Mm-hmm. And you got to make a decision. Okay, I got them right here. I hear them saying, you'll never change me no matter what you do. It's still the same thing. But it's not the world that I am changing. I do this so the world will know that it never changes me. Wow. That's and it's like, I love that. You just kind of keep going. You, you might not change the world, but you do this so that the world knows that it's not going to change you, you know? And yeah, that whole part. song has always inspired me, you know. And that's the hard part to um, to an artist because, uh, you know, I've got friends. And, and here's the sad part. And, again, I don't want to bash labels on our show, but it, it, it tends to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but artists have too much – I mean, labels have too much control. And I had an artist yeah. recently tell me, and I had no idea that this actually – happen you know it's a it's an eye-opening since we've been doing this but uh, a friend of mine was telling me that that if an artist has put a say several million dollars into an artist and there's this other up-and-coming person who they feel competes with that artist um and could and could actually compete compete with them mm-hmm. that they'll go to that artist to try to sign them pay, pay them whatever they need to pay them to get them on board as soon as they get them on board they they bench them for three four years. Yeah. Oh, it happens. I so could I couldn't believe that happened. Yeah, they so are sharks. <laughs> here it is. You got this big dream. Oh my God! I got signed with a label. Up. Uh, but now I can't do music. Yeah. Well, unless they they know enough to put in that contract that something yeah. actually has to be fulfilled in a year or two. And that's, but you don't know that until you walk through a bad deal, you know. Yep. And I, and that's yeah. one reason I, I I bring this up a lot on our shows because I want listeners who are here to know this is what's going on. I don't. Again, I think labels can be good. There are probably some really good ones out there. I just wish mm-hmm. they would do the right thing. And that's not the again. If you believe in that artist so much, then let them compete with the artist you put millions in. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll You're still going to make the money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you know, just just be fair. I just don't, you know. Again, you know, I don't like that. It's it's, it's just uh, frustrating when it's I hear it. Very sick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a huge trust for them, to be perfectly honest. And I've only been signed to like one blanket deal when I did that competition, but I couldn't release music for two years. Mm. Couldn't release anything. Uh, oh wow! So you've experienced so it was, that. Oh yeah, I couldn't couldn't do anything. Went to the attorneys, tried to get out of it. And, um, I haven't really signed anything since. Um, almost signed that publishing deal. We were really looking at it, but you know it, wow. what it came down to is I said, "This is how much money I make on my own. Mm-hmm. Can you give me more than that?" And they were like, "I don't believe you that you're making this much money." <laughs> so instead <laughs> of saying, "Wow, there's something happening here." They just kind of were like, 
No, you're you're obviously lying. I was like, okay, I'll go <laughs> make my money, you know. Wow. Haven't, haven't looked back. But, yeah, you definitely have to read contracts. That's something that I yeah. think people miss is they're like, no, just sign. You're, I, oh, oh, I'm getting this little spiff. Just sign. Yeah. And they, they, they look at the now. They're like, you know what? I'm so far in the debt. This this little bit could could pay my debt down. Mm. And yeah. that's what they're looking at. And then when they sign, they just gave up their passion. Just like yeah. the people I know who gave up their passion for their parents, mm-hmm. you know, and went the and went the wrong way. They're doing the exact same thing. They they let that label st- again. Not it's not over for them once their contract ends. They can go do. It's a very strong learning lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's, and they don't own the songs one. that they released during that time. The label owns those songs. So it's kind of like. Yep. What did you just do for the last couple of years? Like you gave them your best part of your life, and then, and they own it. You know, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, they should lawyers. It's the best hundred bucks you'll spend. It's yeah. just have them look at a contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if you could, um, if you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say will come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way is because February 11th of this year was our five-year anniversary of asking Kelsey Ballerini that same question. Oh my and goodness. 80 to 90% of what she wanted to do, she's living right now. That's incredible. Oh, I love that. In five years, well, I'm a very goal-oriented person, so I actually have thought this through. Because <laughs> um, I, love, I love goals and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will make this happen. Um <laughs> Within the five years, I would like to at least have some project that I worked on be Grammy-nominated. And I've taken mm-hmm. the steps. I've gotten my membership. I voted mm-hmm. for the first time this last year. I submitted an album oh, wow. for the first time. Um, pretty sure I made it into the room. I just wasn't selected as a thing, as a, you know, nominee. Um, but that's something that's, like, it's attainable. Like, I would like mm-hmm. to at least be a Grammy nominee by five years. Um And, you know, I'd like to be to a place, and I might need, like, help with this. I might have to sign up with some sort of really great indie label. But Mm -hmm. I would like to be touring more and, you know, like, be in front of, you know, 500, 2,000 everywhere I go. That's something Mm -hmm. I thought about. I don't don't care to be, like, huge. You know, I mm-hmm. I still like my privacy and being quietly successful, but <laughs> I love playing music. And so, um, yeah. you know, it's weird to think about because in five years I'll be 40. And that's like such a scary number to live in. Um, but I really want to have like that side of things set up. And then I'd like to be pouring into more girls, especially mm-hmm. in L.A., about you know, like protecting their songwriting rights, learning to mm-hmm. produce their own music, like being smart with their money. I only basically coach like oh, wow. two to three people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to do more of that. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of, I mean, it's not like grandiose because I've achieved so many things that I've already mm-hmm. wanted to Like the dream yeah. was to have my husband quit his job. That was the dream. Oh, wow. You know, that is really so. cool. Still, I still love that. That's one of my favorite dreams of people and people because y'all get it. 
A lot of people don't get mm-hmm. why Sandy and I do what we do together. Y'all get it, and I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. So if you had a friend, let's say, just really started out, let's say they're scared to death. They've played maybe five, ten shows. Um, they got a really good voice because, as you know, there are many artists think they do, but they don't. But this <laughs> art, let's say this person does. They've got a really good voice. they got a really good tone. What advice would you give that person to move forward over the next couple of years? Oh, at that point, it's a long game. I feel like learning as much as you can possibly learn. And I don't just mean about like singing. A lot of people are very narrow-minded about, I'm a singer, I just need to be the mm. best I can at singing. I know some world-class singers who are not making any money. Um, yep. So pick up an instrument, you know, a guitar, <laughs> piano, ukulele, whatever it is, or get someone with you. And like the only way to really learn about performing is to perform and get out there and just start going, get out there at karaoke nights, play shows around town, do whatever you got to do. Um, it'll, that will make you incredible. Um, and if you can't write music or you have no desire to, then, you know, things just got a lot more difficult for you. So either learn to write music if you're passionate about that. And the only way to do that is to write, write, write all the time. Or, team up with people who just write mm-hmm. music. Um, yeah. And it's all about being well-rounded. And a lot of times, you know, if you want to sign those bigger deals or whatever it is, they're not going to just find you and sign you. They want to see that you're making money first because they basically want to just take your money. And by the time <laughs> you're at the point where you're making money, you're kind of like, well, what do I need you for anyway? Um, so, you know, do what you have to do to get to the point where um, what you do is like no one else can do. Be a professional at yodeling. If yodeling is your thing, do it better than anyone else in town. We actually you know, had or... an artist. We actually had an artist that when I, when I asked about the quirkiness, she goes, um, I yodel. I was like, well, hmm. you know you can't say that without doing it here. So we had our first person <laughs> yodel on our show. Oh, recently. oh that was That's really cool. cool. Yes. Then I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with Leanne Ryan. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, mean, I know I almost said that earlier, but I haven't yodeled in years. But I, I grew up singing Cowboy Sweetheart and was like, Mom, I can yodel. And she's like, what is happening? You know, and it's, well, like, it's a such a cool page. talent. I, oh, my gosh, I have not done it. I did it at karaoke like maybe five or six years ago and was like, wow, I'm, I've gotten bad at this. <laughs> it's, oh just gosh, us. it's just us and you. <laughs> okay. Mm, okay. I'll, can I sing a song on, on this? That, sure. That, uh, Go ahead. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Let's do some Blue by Leanne Rhymes because she yodels a little bit in that. It's like a Saturday yodel. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay. And then I used to do pageants, and I would yodel in the pageant as, like, my talent. <laughs> and it never quite That's, fit in, honestly. You know what? Do you really want to fit in? 
Not anymore. I used to want to for sure, but not anymore. I'm loving not fitting in. (laughs) I haven't fit in all. I mean, even as a Christian, Sandy and I could Sandy, I'll tell you. Even though we go to church, we're consistent there. We're consistent. We get. We still don't feel like we even fit in there. You know, Mm. but I'll be honest. About the only place that I've been felt like I've 100 percent accepted is through country music artists and all that. Hmm. Oh That's where it seems like we fit in. And yeah. I guess I guess that kind of yeah. makes sense now because that's Those where we're going. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yeah. exciting. <laughs> Those are oh, our I people. love Nashville. <laughs> that's so exciting. Oh my goodness. So is it you know, so as we start to end this, is there any question that that you wish but never do? Hmm. See, this helps shape our questions, too. Hmm. Yeah, this is a tricky <laughs> one. Cause I've... No, I, I honestly, you know, because I feel like I've been asked so many new things, especially on this show. I will have some interviews where they won't ask, um, like, how can we better support independent music? And, and we've, like, talked about that kind of stuff already. But, that, mm-hmm. you know, that's really close to my heart that, that people, you know, make an attempt to fangirl about your indie artist friend as much as they fangirl about Ariana Grande or Carrie Underwood, like kind of showing them exactly. the same respect yeah. because they're yeah. one little decision away from being massive. You just don't even know. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I always right. tell people that, if uh, you know, because some people, they know that they spend X amount of dollars a month on music. Not everybody does that, but some people, mm-hmm. I always tell you, if, if you spend whatever it is, cut it in half, spend 50, I'm not saying don't support big artists. Put yeah. 50% towards them and find artists that you like that are trying to make it and spend the other 50% there. Yeah. And, and I a think lot of times these indie artists are going to some of the same producers and the same mixers that these big artists are going to. Um, they just don't have the weight behind them to get them on Good Morning America and all that. Yeah. And so it's like do a little bit more digging, like really make it fun to try to find something you've never heard and then really dive into that artist, you know, because there's so much out Amen. there. It really is. Amen to that. Now, as we finish this up, any last thoughts? And this is self-promotion time. Tell people oh. how they can reach you. You can find me pretty much, I mean, anywhere you can. I'm at katrinastonemusic.com. On Instagram, I'm Katrina Maystone, M-A-E, because um, someone took my name already. Um, I'm on okay. Facebook. You, I mean, if you Google me, you can literally have access to my life pretty much. <laughs> um, and I have an album, a pop album coming out in May. That is that self-produced, self-engineered, self-written, oh, wow. you know, album, and um, should be should be interesting and fun, and you know, it's a little less acoustic than what I used to do in the past. It's a little more orchestral mm-hmm. and pop, but anyway, yeah, that's coming out, and then I will be in Nashville um, toward the end of May, and I will put those dates up everywhere. I'll probably oh, be wow. playing some shows, so yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, we really enjoyed this. We did. Really awesome. yeah. <laughs> I love Thank it when so it feels much. more like a 
conversation, not a, and I don't want it to be. We never want this to feel like an interview. We want it to feel like just no. a couple friends it's getting together and talking. Conversation. Yeah. No, this has been great. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it, and hopefully, you know, maybe in May or when when you get some updates and stuff, we can bring you back on and talk about anything new that's going on. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would be great. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Oh, thank we you. Will, we've enjoyed it, and we will talk with you real soon. Okay, sounds good. All right. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show. Um, Katrina's really awesome and all that. And go support her. Um, she's living off the music. This is full-time for her. So any support helps, whether it's through merchandise, her songs, her music. Go bye, bye, bye. Uh, <laughs> um, but we got four more interviews through this week. We got one tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we will see you tomorrow.